I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Hockey Trash Cast. This week, we will start on a good note, and... This is, it's really the only good apps-related note we have this yeah, week. Yeah, nothing else. So, the NHL released Nate McKinnon's What's in the Box video. To explain, the What's in the Box videos are Paul Bissonnette, Biz Nasty. Um, I don't know why the NHL is emboldening him, but they let him on Media Day have a bunch of, like, wild animals in very reptiles and like creepy bugs. I feel like there was a skunk, but I might have made that up. Yeah, there was a skunk. Okay. So he leads them through this room of wild animals and then it's like, alright, put your hand in the box and tell me what's in there. And they think it's gonna be a wild animal because, you know, they put it together and uh it's an inanimate object that is very it's usually gummy worms. It's been gummy worms for like three different people. Gummy worms, eggs, um, yeah, just not wild animals ever. Yeah. Nothing alive at any point. <laughs> and so in the past, guys have been very uncomfortable with this, but they've all done it. Some of them stick their fingers like two inches in and then like freak out and lose their minds and won't do it. Some of them will actually like touch whatever it is and then freak out. And Biz gives them a ton of shit for it. But, like, they always at least put their hands in. And Nate McKinnon, the NHL's softest boy, <laughs> just won't even do it. He didn't he even want to go in the room in the first like, place. Like, he sees Biz Nasty with, like, a boa constrictor, I think, wrapped around yeah. him. And he's like, I'm not going in the room with that thing. <laughs> he hasn't even been shown that there's a box to put his hand in yet. And he's already out. And he he straight up refused to put his hand in the box when he was like, all right, here you go. It was a and coconut. Like, Biz plays it up. He's like, oh, you should definitely put your hand in on this side because its head is down there. And, like, I don't want it to bite you. He does. But, also, like, they have to know that the NHL is not going to sign off on anything that's actually going to get them hurt. You would think that they're hockey players. So I don't know that they are that good at, like, processing logical thought about anything other than their own sport. Clearly not. But anyway, Nate just straight up refuses to do it. And it was a coconut. And then Biz has to, like, explain the whole, like, getting in their heads with all of the animals in the room thing to him. (laughs) We all know Nate's not very bright, okay? (laughs) Oh, honey. I love him to death. (laughs) In his defense... Once he found out that it was a coconut the first time, he did put his hand in the box the second time. It was a it was fucking a stuffed, cat. stuffed cat with a fake heartbeat. What the fuck? Why did they have that ready to go? <laughs> I don't know. He did guess cat, though. He, he got it right. So, like, that was funny. <laughs> oh my god, Maven. You soft boy. This literally tells him, now you look soft. And I was like, he does. He real does. Softest boy of the NHL. Yeah. I don't hate it. Given Austin Matthews a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> there was already an Austin Matthews once in the box, right? Yeah, he was a scaredy cat, box. but he did it. It was yeah. an egg, and he, like, tapped it yes, and was like, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> How does that feel, Nate? 
How does that feel? Austin runs screaming from Carlton Bear Matthews, put his hand in the box, and you did it. I'm crying. I cannot believe. We love you, Nate. We really do. So he watches, like, Game of Thrones, and he says The Departed is his favorite movie, but he won't put his hand in a box because he thinks there's an animal inside. We... Oh, I love him so much. On, um, I guess this is also kind of a, a bright note. It's a bright note. We would like to dedicate a good chunk of this podcast to an in-memoriam for... The Matt Duchesne trade. The anniversary was this week, and it needs to be commemorated. I mean, it's literally the greatest thing that's happened. It's it's the best thing Joe Sackick has done for the Avalanche since he won the Stanley Cup. I would agree with that. It's an amazing... Like, it's such a good trade. We came out of that trade looking like we stole from, like, pulled a bank heist. <laughs> like At the rate we're going, if we had just gotten Colin Wilson from that trade, I think we would have won. Yeah, Colin Wilson, but we didn't. We got Colin Wilson, we got Sam Gerrard, we got, I think, a few prospects, and... I think we got prospects, but we also got Ottawa's first-round pick. Which could really be a life changer. That could be Jack Hughes. It could. We need them to suck a little bit more, but there's still plenty of time. To oh, I have faith in their ability to suck more, by the way. We'll oh, get yeah. there. Let's recap the game where this trade went down. Please do. We're playing, I think it was the Rangers. It was either the Rangers or the Islanders. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But the point is... The locker rooms aren't behind the benches in that arena. So to get to the locker room, you have to, like, skate across the ice. I think the door is, like, behind one of the goals. So at some point in the game, during the, like, I think it was the first period, someone got hurt, and suddenly Matt Duchesne comes off the bench and skates off behind this person. The commentators are like, "What? what's going on? Is is Duchesne also hurt? What's happening? And, you know, that play continues and we get to the intermission and suddenly the trade speculation starts. There's video of, like, Matt, after he's changed out of his hockey gear, like, just trying to leave the building. And there's, like, six... Dragging his suitcase through the hall. <laughs> there's, like, six billion people trying to be, like, what's happening? Like... You're getting on the plane with the senators right now. And he's, like, trying to avoid the cameras. It's iconic. They, they ran interviews. It's, like, six reporters and Matt Duchesne in the fucking cargo elevator. <laughs> he's, like, leaving to get... I don't even know, like, did they put him in a taxi? I don't even know what happened. But they just, like, did a 30-second interview with him while they took the elevator up. And then he just, like walked away in the parking garage. <laughs> and then the drama of, like, well, he got traded to the Senators, and the Avs are leaving tonight to go to Sweden to play the Senators. 
So is he going to fly with the abs or the senators? What's happening? Turned out he had to be traded during the game in order to make the plane flight so he could leave with the senators. So he did travel with them, which is a little unfortunate because I would have loved to see tape of what would have happened if he'd flown with the avalanche. Eric Johnson would have killed him. Uh, probably. <laughs> he would have been like, screw it, I don't care that I have an A, like, I'm going to murder this man. Honestly, I think EJ would have done it because he has an A. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, this is my job as an alternate captain to just wreck you. <laughs> and then he went to the Senators, and they proceeded to win in Sweden, but also he didn't Matthew get any goals. did not get a point. That's what matters. That was, when I realized that we weren't going to win either of those games, it really just came down to, please, God, don't let Duchesne score. But more importantly, the Avalanche came together and became the big, happy, kumbaya family that they are now on that Sweden trip. And all it took was getting the rid of Matt Duchesne. That's honestly like we didn't even need to get a player from that trade to win. Yeah, we just needed <laughs> him to go. Chemistry got so much better. I mean, you I, could argue that. I feel like Sam Gerrard is a fits in incredibly well with our team chemistry, and I think Colin Wilson does yeah. too. But yeah. no, definitely the guys we got fit in really well. But like our team chemistry didn't get better because Sam Gerrard showed up. Our team chemistry got better. Because Matt Duchesne was not in that locker room anymore. That's a very good point. That is very, very true. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with uh, how that went down. It was oh, meant to be. No. Matt Duchesne is in a worse place now. It's what he deserves. The real MVP of last season for asking to be traded. Truly. Like, it didn't matter how well Nathan McKinnon played because it was getting rid of Matt Duchesne that really elevated the team to the next level. Thank you, Joe Sackett. Hallelujah. In more Matt Duchesne news, on the literal date of the anniversary of that trade, the same day, that day, a video was released... From some douchebag Uber driver, okay, like, anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him. First we have to discuss the video, then we can so discuss that. it's a dash cam video of when they were in Arizona. A bunch of the senators were in a car, yeah. like a van. Yeah, yeah. and Matt so Duchesne was, was one of them. Which is the most important part. Absolutely. And they're in this car, and they're just, um basically trash-talking one of their assistant coaches. They're also just talking about how bad their team is. Yeah, they also talk... That they have... I think at that point, they were technically the third-worst power play unit in the NHL. Yeah. Or maybe they're the third-worst PK unit. I don't know. They both suck. But, yeah. like, one of them is notably bad. I think it's their PK. I don't know. They're talking about their PK... At the start of the video, and then they go into talking shit on their coach, assistant coach, and... Matt Duchesne mentions that he hasn't paid attention in video review for three weeks, because he feels like their assistant coach doesn't tell them anything useful. He just commentates the video. Which, 
I, okay, so that's basically what the video is. It's not super exciting. It's it's, it's really not, honestly, the articles made it sound way worse than the actual video was. Absolutely. I mean, it's basically just, it's nothing that, like, anyone hasn't said about their boss or their teachers. It's also nothing that every other, you know, sports commentator hasn't said about how the Senators are playing. Yeah. Like, Nothing they said is news to anyone in the Senators organization or who follows hockey. Yeah, I mean, we all know they suck. It makes sense that the team, like, the teammates on the team are upset that they suck. Like, I would be upset if I was on a team that sucked, too. Yeah, it's just, it's not, nothing they said was really that big of a deal. And, like, they're on a losing streak. Of course they're gonna, like, shit-talk their coaches. yeah. And I, I can't remember who it was. Someone on, um, who's a former hockey player was like, I mean, a real rip fest would be listening in on what the coaches say about the players when yeah. they're not being listened to. So oh, yeah. there's a lot to unpack in this video. First and foremost, uh, while we're shitting on Matt Duchesne, I would like to say that he by far has the worst quote in that entire video. Like, saying as, like, the star of the team, essentially, an alternate captain. Not paying attention at practice, like, that's not a great look, Matt. No, it's not. Like, that doesn't sound good. Like, especially, like, your contract's about to end. So, I'm sure that's gonna really raise the asking price for him. Um, Yeah. Like, that's not a good look, and it does confirm the rumors that he's locker room cancer, in my mind. Because that, that was the only thing I think that anyone said in that video that I was like, that's shitty. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of making fun of their coach, you know, talking about how they should do something ridiculous to block... I don't even know what was happening. In oh, some, someone said that Matt should, like, block a, something with his head, I think. Yeah, I think, well, I think they were talking to one of the defensemen in the car at that point. They're like, yeah, you gotta just do something crazy, like, slide out and block with your head. Like, don't get hit in the face. Like, okay? Yeah. It's been implied, I'm pretty sure they were drunk in that video. Um, Like, that's a safe assumption to make based on the fact that they're going back to their hotel, as you can see at the very end of the video. Um, so I will give them all the benefit of the doubt, because I know we all exaggerate when we drink and say worse things about people than we mean to say. And also, like, who hasn't gotten together with their coworkers or their classmates and bitched about someone that, like, they maybe don't even hate that much, they're just annoyed with, you know? Like, that's just one of the things where once someone starts, like, it just snowballs. Yeah, like, you just, you all have, like, something... Because that's what people are doing. You're like, oh, yeah, our boss is a total asshole. Yeah, like, whether, even if you're, like, best friends with someone and then, like, someone's, like, talking shit about them and you have, like, the one thing that they do that annoys you, you're probably gonna chime in with that one thing that they do that annoys you because that's just how humans react in that situation, or at least... Yeah. My experience... Um, so, I don't think they really said anything that terrible. I think it was very shitty of the Uber driver to release that video. Yeah, so they, yesterday, an article in the Ottawa Sun came out 
where the driver says that he feels like releasing the video is the worst thing he's done in his life, and he was drunk when he did it. He also, like, didn't know anything about them. At the beginning of the yeah. video, you hear him ask and they tell him they play for Ottawa. But, like, if they hadn't said that, I don't think anyone ever would have picked up on this video because he would have just been, like, drunk athletes shit-talking their bosses and no one would have known it was them. I That beginning of that video blew my fucking mind, though, because who I don't know the players and the senators... And it's all, like, night vision, so it's very difficult to see, like, who's who. Um, but the guy in the front seat, when he's asked, oh, what team do you play for? And he says, Ottawa, like, that blew my mind. Because I was like, that's a stupid move. Like, how easy would it have been for him to be like, oh, we play for a minor league team? But I mean... He So they didn't know they were being filmed, so I don't know that he necessarily had any reason to lie. I don't, like, I think maybe... also said, like, oh, I don't know anything about hockey. That's fair, that's fair. I just, like, I guess maybe just, like, growing up, knowing I was going to go into the performing arts, I mean, you're taught from the get-go, like, any time that you're outside of your house, like, you're representing yourself and you're your own product... So I'm surprised that athletes aren't caught the same thing, I guess. Well, you would think, like, even if this hadn't been filmed, like, there's no reason this guy couldn't have been like, I was in the car with these guys and here's what they were saying. Exactly. To, you know, the press. And exactly. admittedly, that wouldn't have been as incriminating if he didn't have footage of it, but shit still gets out. Yeah, like, I just, like... Well, and also, like, if you don't know who the Uber driver is, like, I mean, like, okay, it was a pretty safe bet. They were in Arizona that this guy says he doesn't know anything about hockey. What team do you play for? Like, he clearly doesn't know anyone. But, like, I don't shit talk people in Ubers because I don't know if the Uber driver knows that person. Yeah. Like, you, like, you just don't know. Like, they could be, like, related to them. Like, you just never know. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I think that was a questionable choice. And, like, do I think it's shitty that, like, that type of stuff gets out? Yes. And the blame definitely falls on the Uber driver for releasing the video. But also, it surprises me that the players weren't more cautious about yeah, discussing something like in public. I would just not admit to being a professional athlete would have been like, yeah, we're yeah. just like down here for the weekend. Just like we're on a work trip. Yeah, like if the guy says he doesn't know anything about hockey, don't tell him you play for a professional team. Because <laughs> then yeah, he's going like, to... Honestly, like, I feel like in their case, I would never tell... Like if the Uber driver didn't recognize me as an NHL player, I wouldn't admit to being affiliated with hockey in any way, shape, or form. I'd just be like, I'm in town for a work trip with my coworkers. And, like, yes, we're all, you know, between 19 and 24 and look very athletic, but maybe we're all personal trainers. Like, you don't know what we do. We're I on mean, a work trip. They are very clearly talking about hockey, so he would have figured that much out. Yeah. But also, like, they could be on, a, like, a club team. Like, who the fuck knows? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, 
Because regardless of, like, when they got out of that car, like, after saying they play for Ottawa, like, that guy's going to go look up what the name of the Ottawa team is and at bare minimum is going to tell all of his friends, like, y'all, I had, like, the seven players from the Ottawa Senators, which I guess is this hockey team, and they were really shit-talking their coach. Like, that was the bare minimum. Like, that was going to happen. So it's not really a surprise that it went over the top. Like, it's still shitty of the Uber driver, but, like, that's just... You have to kind of be prepared for that to happen. Yeah. And so his justification for taking the video was he was worried that his insurance coverage, like, wouldn't be enough if he were to get into an accident with seven, you know, multimillionaire hockey players in his car. I also, like, wasn't confused by the fact that there was video footage, because if I was an Uber driver, like, I would probably have dash cam just in case, like, something does happen. Like, you probably will never use the footage, but, like, it makes sense as, like, a security situation to, like... Yeah, and apparently, like, Uber's policy is, like, you are welcome and encouraged to do this to protect yourself. We understand that, you know, there's a lot of liability in being an Uber driver. Yeah, but, so yeah. that it doesn't bother me that he was filming it without their consent or whatever, because I think it's the fact that he released it without their consent. Because, like, yeah. nothing illegal happened, so it shouldn't have seen the light of day. <laughs> like, there yeah. was no reason for that. And, like, I, I still feel a little weird that he was filming them without their consent. I feel like it's not that weird to be like, hey, just as a general rule, like, I use the dash cam just, you know, in case anything happens so I have footage for insurance purposes. That might be the respectful thing to do, but I think from a legal standpoint, if Uber allows it in their policy, you're consenting to being filmed every time you step into an Uber. That's probably true. Which, like, I don't, like, you can feel any way you want to about that law, like, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how that would play out in a court setting. Um, and as, I mean, I don't know if Lyft has different rules than Uber does. I would doubt they would when it comes to dash cams, but Matt Duchesne is the spokesperson for Lyft in Ottawa. So like, maybe he should know that rideshares usually film things. Yeah. I don't know. It's a mess. It is a mess. I do think that they got taken advantage of because they were drunk and in a car together and someone wanted to make a quick buck. Yeah, now the driver's like, I'm like, my name's gonna get out, and I'm worried that something's gonna happen to my family now, and like... Okay, if anyone comes after his family, that's shitty, but like, he should lose his job (laughs) as an Uber driver. Yeah. Like, I definitely wouldn't be thrilled to get in his car. I'm like, look, I'm not even famous, and I still don't really want whatever thing you're gonna pull here. Yeah, would not be a fan. So anyway, the players issued apologies. The team put out a statement that was like, we are 100% behind our assistant coach and also believe that the players' apologies were sincere. Well, that was pretty much it. The players' apologies, first of all, like was really poorly written and did not sound sincere at all. I do believe that they are sorry they got caught, but I don't believe that they're sorry about what they said because... I don't think they have any reason to be sorry about what they said. Yeah. Quite frankly. And also, I would just like to say, I feel bad for the assistant coach. 
Yeah, but on the flip side, like, if he's really that unhelpful, sounds like he's uh, not doing his job particularly well. That's definitely fair. That's fair. I just, like, maybe not the best way to find out that people think you're bad at your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about Ottawa to know a thing about this coach, so. But I'm entirely confident that that cannot be a fun practice or locker room Oh my situation God. Can you imagine at all. them going into practice after that video came out? Yeah, no, I can't. That would just be the fucking worst. Yikes. I feel so bad for that. I'm like, I feel bad for everyone who, like, wasn't in the video. Like, can you imagine being a member of the Senators and then, like, this video gets released and you're like, no, <laughs> we're already bad. After Hoffman and Carlson, they're like, look, we finally have a healthy locker room. We might not be a terrible team. Oh, just kidding. Nothing good is happening for that team. The Ottawa Senators are literally cursed. It's... That or Matt Duchesne is cursed because all this terrible stuff did not happen until after he joined the team. Like, someone just moved the Senators to a different province? Like, move them somewhere else or something. Help them? Yeah, help them. Brutal. Just... And I think they've been on a losing streak recently, too. It's just, it's not going well for them. It's a bad time to be an Ottawa fan. It's been a bad time to be an Ottawa fan. Has there been a good time to be an Ottawa fan? The very beginning of last season, when they thought they had a chance at making a deep playoff run. And then Matt Duchesne came to their team and they started to suck. I'm not saying those things are, uh, that's the cause of them starting to suck, but the correlation is definitely there. For sure. Sorry, your team is a dumpster fire, Ottawa. Literal fucking dumpster fire. And it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. But in a vaguely selfish way, I do kind of hope this means that they don't have a good season so we can get a good pick. Please, Ottawa, finish last in the standings so we get a really good draft pick. It's all I want. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Moving on from shit-talking Matt Duchesne as much as I could do that for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) For real. Congrats to Brian Boyle for getting a Hattie. On Hockey Beats Cancer Night, it wasn't even his. It was the Ben's Hockey Beats Cancer Night. <laughs> and he got but a hat trick. He still got a hat trick. Against the Penguins. Um, his first ever hat trick. And also, if you don't know, he is in remission for cancer that he was yeah, diagnosed you know, with last like season. That day, I think. He, yeah. Like that. It was very exciting. It was a good day to be Brian Boyle. Anyway, Brian Boyle single-handedly defeated cancer, which no longer exists as a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Brian Boyle. Oh. Um, last night, uh, Pasta got a Hattie too, so just shout out because I really like David Pasta. Second this season. 
season, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm just, I just like him. That's the only reason I, I'm I, shouting I him out. <laughs> I'm a fan. They interviewed him, I think, after that game. And they're like, so what did you do differently to, uh, to feel better out there today? Because I guess he had had a rough game previously. And among the things, like, you know, I just woke up, had a good breakfast, you know, had a good dinner, said some curse words, and went to bed. It's like, wow, that is such a fucking mood. I love him. He's such an icon. Fashion icon, great player. He's so young, and he's like... I forget how much of a baby he is. And he's on a line with, like established veteran stars. Yeah, he's out there with Bergeron and then Bergeron. Like, like, what a... Like, he's such an impressive player. Like, I think he's really cool. And congrats on the Hattie. I was so surprised. I, like, got a notification that he got a Hattie, and I was like, damn, Pasta! Brian Boyle and Pasta out there just, like, Doing their getting thing. hat tricks. I know other teams have also gotten hat tricks. I think the NHL released a like thing that was like there's been a hat trick almost every day this week, if not every day this week, which is It's there've been a lot of hat trick videos that have been happening. It's wild. That's like hat tricks aren't that common. Yeah, no. So, uh congrats to everyone else, I guess. I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> Those are the two I care about, so <laughs> In other hockey drama news, both the Kings and the Blackhawks fired their uh, their head coaches in the last week. So, with the Blackhawks, there becomes a lot to unpack. Like, so much. First of all, their head coach... Bill Quenville. He coached the Avs for a hot second. Yes, he back did. Back in the day. Quenville is the longest tenured coach in NHL history. He has been working as a coach for an NHL team for longer than anyone else has ever. Like, when you add up all the time he has spent with various teams. Yeah. He also was with the Hawks for three Stanley Cups. Yes. So people are having a whole lot of feelings about him being gone. Um... And then, the craziest thing to me was the fact that a bunch of former Hawks players who, like, were members of the team when they were winning Stanley Cups, like, straight up came out on, like, Twitter and in interviews and were like, he's not the problem, fired the GM. Yeah, a bunch of people were like, no, like, Q was the best coach I ever played for, like, there was, I don't even remember who it was, it was some old Hawks player and apparently once they, like, they had a game the night one of his former teammates died and he, like, tried to go out for warm-up and, like, saw someone in this guy's jersey and just lost his mind and, like, left the ice. And Q found him was like, I just heard, like, go home, be with your family. You don't have to be here. Hmm. Seems like he was a good guy. Yeah, my friend, one of my roommates is from Chicago, and she, and, like, her friend is, like, a diehard Hawks fan. And she's, like, deeply unwell about the whole situation. But, I mean, even my friend was like, I just liked him. He was a cool guy. Like, I'm not really into hockey, but, like, that, like, I'm sad that he's gone now. I follow a single Hawks fan on Tumblr, and she's, like, A, upset about their coach being fired, but also is like, obviously our GM is the problem. Like, someone, please, God, get rid of our GM. 
Yeah, I haven't seen a single Hawks fan that's been like, good. Like, every single one of them is like, bad choice. Yeah. Including people who were like, in the, like, lived in that locker room. Like, experienced it. Like, it's not just armchair, like, commentators. Like, And that's, I feel like you know you've done something bad. Because normally, like, a team loses more than six games and everyone's like, fire the coach! And Hawks fans weren't doing that. So, like, I feel like that's a sign that there are other problems. I hate the Blackhawks, but even I feel for Hawks fans in this moment. (laughs) That sucks. Like, we've seen what having a shitty coach does to your team. What? (laughs) I mean, we've never had a shitty coach. We have have never. Our team is great and always has been. (laughs) Two seasons ago, what? Never. Yikes. But anyway, their replacement coach is now, like, the the least experienced, like, has never coached in the NHL? No, they pulled him up from minors, and he is the youngest current coach in age. Um, I guess people are thirsting after him. I haven't seen it. You said you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. It was brief. I'm glad it was brief. I don't know. He looks like sort of a generic white man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Kyle Dubas doesn't have to worry too much yet. Yeah. <laughs> and no. The Kings, on the other hand, I think people are actually, like, all the Kings fans I've talked to are like, yeah, I'm glad they fired the coach. Yeah. I don't know that, like, early season, like, mid-season coach firing doesn't make sense to me until... I don't play sports, so I am coming from a very inexperienced standpoint. But, like, to me, it doesn't make sense to fire a coach midseason unless you do it after you're already, like, out of the running for anything important. Like, I know in football, like, often, like, when you're not in the running for the playoffs, they'll be like, okay, the coach is getting fired any day. And then they fire the coach, they bring in someone new, and they, like, test them out for, like, the last few games of the season. And then they have the whole off season to, like, work with the team and develop that chemistry. It seems weird to fire someone like a month and a half into what? the season. Is, even if you do it before you're like mathematically out of the playoffs, this season's only been going for a month. Like there's still plenty of time for teams to turn things around without shaking up the coaching. Yeah. Like it's really oh. early in the season and I feel like it just creates more drama in the locker room. I mean, maybe, I mean, I could be wrong. Like there, I looked it up and there have been a, especially in the NHL, there's been a lot of instances where like early season coach firing and replacement has been very effective. Um, if somehow the Kings end up with Penville, like they're going to be in the Stanley Cup finals soon. But they, they hired someone else though, right? They like, hired an they- interim coach. So it oh, is entirely okay. possible. Um, I don't know that what Hugh wild. wants to do with his career. If he wants to, like, take a break, because he can. <laughs> or if he doesn't. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, so I'm not saying he I mean, will I be going think- to the Kings, but it does seem a likely possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think he would have a lot of potential to do something good if he did go to the Kings, because they're mm, really bad at hockey right now. They're really, really fucking bad. But so well, bad, deeply terrible. But I think he could do a lot. I think I mean, if he took over, I would give it like two years before they're a great team. 
Like, max. Max two seasons before they're, like, a great team again. So, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Um, I don't know. But uh, those are two very different firing the head coach situations. Because one is just objectively a terrible idea, and I cannot believe it happened. And the other one, maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll be a good choice. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to, like, actually pay attention to the Kings and the Hawks in at least, like, a half-assed manner just to see how this all goes down. Oh, can I... (laughs) This is, like, semi-related. But, like, I've watched the Kings and the Ducks both play because, like, I live in California and I feel like I should vaguely care about local teams. I don't root for them. I just, like... I'm curious to see how they're doing. Yeah. They're bad. Like, <laughs> like not to, like, be a dick, but, like, it's wild because, like, I'm so used to, like, the teams I usually, like, go out of my way to watch, the Avalanche, I obviously try to watch or listen to every game. And then, like, if I have easy access and time, I'll try to watch the Pens if they're playing. And, like, both of those teams are good, like, right now. Like, objectively good teams. Like, you watch them and it's fun to watch. But, like, I watched the Kings and the Ducks play each other and it was, like, physically painful to watch because they were both so bad. Like, it was so slow. It was, like, it was just, it was interesting because I'm not, I'm used to watching very fast, very, like, skilled teams. Yeah. And they weren't. And so I don't know what it is that's not working. Or maybe the teams are just too old. That would be probably my number one argument or like the coaching is something's wrong but like they don't look good like they're not fun to watch and I watched the I think the Ducks no I watched the Kings play the Wild for like a hot second like just part of the game and that was also like the like I make fun of the Wild all the time and they looked so good on the ice next to the Kings um whoops so i yeah it's just interesting those teams are very slow so they they try to play a heavy physical game and i think it's more just uh their players are older and they come from when that was the style of hockey that was being played yeah. and it's moved so much towards this like fast like connor mcdavid nathan mckinnon style of play that they're kind of rendering themselves irrelevant because they aren't updating their style of play. And I don't know if they need probably an infusion of youth, but I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting to watch. Um, Cause it, yeah, it's a testament to how much the game has changed in a very short period of time. For sure. Well, maybe, maybe the Kings will pick up Quenville and They'll get better. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. He is, I think, the second most... I think I've seen the use win- word winningness used. Yeah, which I, I hate. I don't think that's a real word. But that um, is what they say. He has the second most wins of any coach in NHL history, which is also... I say, it helps when you've played, when you've coached for like 40, 100 years. Yeah, I'm surprised he's actually not number one, considering he's coach longer than anyone else so i don't know that that's necessarily a good stat but (laughs) it's he's good regardless like i'm not doubting that he's great um all right 
I feel like we need to do a mandatory William Nylander still hasn't signed with anyone and the internet is still freaking out about it moment. He has, like... Let me look at this calendar that I have on my wall right now. He's got, like, a about three weeks before he is out of the NHL for the season. He has to sign a contract before the start of December or he cannot play in the NHL this season. I, like, I just, that's stupid. I think he's being an idiot. I agree. Like, it doesn't, like, I don't have to know anything about actually playing sports to know that that's not good contract negotiation and that he's selling himself too high. Seriously. So, uh, anyway, all those people making Ariana Grande memes of him being the one who taught them pain are right, because I would be really upset if I was a Leafs fan right now. Because that team has shown, like, I don't know, like, at least the fans have shown him nothing but love. And he's, I, I, if he signed with the Leafs, like, would people even be happy? I don't know at this point. I, I don't want him on my team. I think he seems like a douche. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind. This is kind of some like Livian Bell shit, but yeah, I just can't believe. But this could actually ruin his career. So it he'd really be a complete could, idiot. Let's... Yes, we should talk about the clusterfuck of a week that was. So we had another four-day break, which we have previously discussed is stupid and awful, and fuck the NHL for allowing that. Yeah, and why did we have to have two in a row? Because that was just me. It's fucking illegal. I'm calling the cops on the scheduling at the NHL. Anyway, that's stupid. Shouldn't be happening. Still not an excuse for this week. So they played the Predators, who are like a good team. They're a good team. When they're playing. Um, But what they're really good at is getting challenging goals challenging goals and getting the NHL to a uh, side in their favor because the game okay you look at the score it was 4-1 predators won i watched the game the avalanche had two other goals one was called the coach challenge for offsides and it was the first one and i was like annoyed because i'm an avalanche fan whatever i watched the tape it was offsides like it was it sucks but it was, um, I still think it's kind of shitty that a goal can be called back for offsides and like not have, I know it's weird to me that time doesn't get added back onto the clock when the refs were like, yeah, it's onsides. And so basically like the team thought they were onsides because the linesmen signal that it is. And then they continue to play get a goal, and then, like, just... It's like that none of that yeah, happened. My feeling on goals being called back on an offside, if it's not scored, like, directly on the breakaway... That Agreed. ...came in offsides. Like, if it's not scored within three seconds of crossing the blue line, I feel like if they made multiple plays and, you know, took seven shots and then they... Score, it doesn't matter if it was offsides or not at yeah, that point. Like, I absolutely agree. Like, if the person who went, who was offsides, 
like is a is an assist or the goal scorer like from that moment like then yeah I agree that the off like I think there needs to be a review for offsides I just have problems with the way that it's done yeah um but I don't have too too many qualms about the first one like it sucked and like as an avalanche fan I hate it but like objectively it was fair then the avalanche score another goal and the Preds challenge it for goaltender interference when there absolutely was not any. And then the they did ultimately, you know, Toronto decided it was not goaltender interference because it made no fucking sense to call that. And then... At least the Toronto dartboard was in our favor for that one. Yeah, thank God. Because, I mean, I would have thrown a fucking fit if they'd called goaltender interference because I don't think anyone was anywhere even near the goalie. Like, it was... No. Anyway... The coach of the Predators threw an absolute fit. And um, this is probably not true, but I think it's funny. People, a lot of Avs fans have been saying, like, oh, he's probably mad because he made a deal with Toronto that, like, they had to agree in his favor. So that's why he threw such a fit. And I was like, ooh. Um, But then we scored a third goal. And it got called for offsides. They reviewed it. I saw so many different angles of that. It might have been offsides, like, honestly, but it was, like, literally so close that there was, n- like, not enough evidence to overturn that. Like, there's no way the they were able to see something that we couldn't see. Like, it was so close. And it came down to, like, maybe a millimeter of blade on Kerfoot's skate. I mean... The fact that that one got overturned, that really pisses me off because that was, like, there's, if it had gone the other way around, I'm almost, like, I'm, like, 95% confident that they would have ruled also in the Preds' favor that it was on sides. So I thought that was bullshit. And anyway, any game sucks when you're watching the game and literally all three goals made by one team are put under review with the coaches like, oh, we're going to review that goal because it, like, that's, it slows down the game. It's boring. Like, it sucks. It was an avalanche home game, so the the crowd was furious. I mean, it was just overall, like, not a fun game. And also, like, in my experience having season tickets last year, like, I've never gone to a Predators game that's been fun. Because I hate playing the Preds. I hate playing the Preds because their coach challenges fucking everything, and the refs are like consistently biased in the Preds' favor. Like it's so obnoxious. Like Nathan McKinnon gets sucker punched from behind and gets a penalty for being punched in the fucking face. Yeah, not over that one during the playoffs. Like, what the fuck? Like I, I really hate that they're like. They're, they have good players. Like, when they are actually playing hockey, they are an objectively good team. But I really hate how, I don't know why the NHL loves them so much, but they're like the fucking golden boy of the NHL. I think it's because they're in such a weird non-hockey market and they do so well that, like, everyone has to love them because it's like selling hockey in the South. Maybe. I don't know. I just, it really pisses me off. Because it's not not like this just happens when they play the Avalanche, either. Like, it happens all the time. I just see it when they play the Avalanche. 
But it's like there's multiple games I've gone to that have been like blatantly decided by like bad calls on the ice in the favor of the Preds. And it's it's exhausting to watch that happen. And you you can tell like that the coaches had a talk. Like you could definitely see it in the playoffs that the coach must have been like, look, guys, like I know you're going to want to fight these guys because they've got a lot of assholes on their team that are out to like get people to fight them. But like, don't do it. Because, like, you know Gabriel Landeskog wants to fucking punch P.K. Subban in the face when he's being a little shit on the ice. Love him off the ice. He's a little shit on the ice. These are the facts. He knows he's a little shit on the ice. Like, he knows he's a little shit on the ice. Like, this is not me shit-talking P.K. Subban. Like, these are the facts. Like, he's a genuinely good person, but on the ice, he's the actual worst. Yeah, like, these. yeah, I'm not being a dick these are the facts (laughs) but like i mean they were literally like you could see the predators and a lot of other teams like but during the playoffs you could see the predators like were really trying to target nathan mckinnon because they wanted him any amount of time that he's not on the ice is bad for the avalanche and like he's not really someone to fight so that's not which made it worse because it kind of seemed like they were out to injure him not to get him to fight them because he, there was no indication at any point that he was ever going to fight back. But yeah. like, you would, I mean, you'd literally see like, there was literally a game where like someone went to fight Nate and Gable Handelskog just like fucking skates in between them and literally <laughs> says no. <laughs> and I was like, wow, look at mama Gabe, like out here. <laughs> But, like, that's what every game watching the Predators is like, because um, someone, Hartman fell. Was it Hartman? Hartman or Hartnell, I don't know. Yeah, I think Hartman got hit by, I think, Sam Gerrard. He didn't really get hit by Sam Gerrard so much as Sam, like, tripped into him. Yeah, like, he got hit by Sam Gerrard or whatever, and... It wasn't Sam's fault that, like, like, Hartman was, like... It wasn't a bad hit. Like, Like, yeah... I mean, Sam Gerrard's tiny. Like, he's not gonna put a hit on someone that's gonna, like, injure them because of the way he did the hit. Like, it's gonna be an accident. Um, but then P.K. Subban tries to start a fight with Zadorov, who, like, first of all, would fight. Nikita Zadorov is oh, yeah. always ready oh. to throw down. So he's the fact that he didn't fight tells you right off the bat that, like, he knew he was not allowed to fight. <laughs> um... But, like, he also had nothing to do with that play. Like, P.K. Subban clearly picked him because he knew he was most likely to fight. We only know about this because they were apparently standing close enough to the, like, on-ice commentator's booth that they picked up the audio of, I, I guess Z called Subban a pussy. And so Subban's response was, yeah, okay, I'm a pussy, but you suck at hockey. Yes, and it was on national television, because this was a Wednesday night hockey game. Nationally televised. (laughs) This fight between Z... Like, you... It's online. Like, you can go look it up. Like, definitely happened. People got footage of it. The commentators were like, we're really sorry about the language, and I was like, this is hilarious. (laughs) So, it was just a hard game to watch. I do think that had... I think it would have been a closer game. I do think the Preds played better than we did. So I'm not blaming the game like entirely on the officials. 
But I am blaming the game on the officials because... Two four instead of one. Yeah. But I I low-key am blaming the game on the officials because, like, how much would it suck the energy out of your team to be sitting there and just everything fucking them over? Either of the the two called back goals had counted, like, that would have been like, okay, we have energy, we're back in this game, instead of like, oh, look, we're still down. Alexander Kerfoot looked like he was about to cry when, like, they decided he was offsides. Like, he looked so upset on the bench, and I felt so bad because I don't think he did anything wrong. I think that might be the second play where, like, his being offside has in like the past week. Yeah, it's been like so. I think he was like like, but also I like both of those times. I don't think it should have been called offsides. Like I think he was onsides or not convincingly enough offsides that like it should have been called back. Like yeah. I think he's been screwed over. I love so Alexander people. Kerfoot, so I'm very biased. But also, like, I think he's been screwed over, and I feel bad for him. He has two concussed roommates at home. Well, Joe, Tyson Jost is back. Yeah, he, yeah, that's He's unbroken now. Probably. I mean... He's unbroken enough that he played on Friday. And got a goal. And got a goal! That's the Which only good thing I can say about Friday. two good things that happened. EJ also got his first goal of the season. And that's what he deserves. He played so many minutes. I want to actually look and see how many minutes he played that game because he really was, like, always on the ice. I just remember it, I was laughing so hard because the commentators were literally like, has he left the ice at all this period during the third period? Well, I think, I mean, he scored, like, six minutes in or something, and I wouldn't actually be surprised if he was on the ice for all six of those minutes. I, yeah, I think they were legitimately questioning whether or not he was on the ice for the full six minutes. They were he like, he has... That. They have shuffled defensemen on and off the ice, but I'm pretty sure he's just been on the ice the whole time. But, I mean, that's how he's always been, though. Like, he puts up crazy minutes. Yeah. He's routinely at, like, 26, 27 minutes a game. It's nuts. They did... I watched his post-game interview, and they're like, so, Eric... You spend a lot of time on the ice. Do you ever feel like you just need to put the team on your back? And he, like, did did a classic hockey non-answer to that. Oh, I like, was like, with EJ... He's not going to say it, but he does. I With EJ, you never know what you're going to get. You're either going to get a classic hockey response or just, like, some crazy shit. Like... There's no in-between. Like, there's never, like, a, oh, that's interesting, EJ. It's always like, I'm sorry, what? Or, like... <laughs> you have a very poetic response to being at, like, there's something about, you know, like, how do you keep from getting frustrated when you're, like, on a losing streak or whatever. He's like, you know, you just gotta keep an even keel and ride the swells. <laughs> it's like, okay, so we're on a boat now. <laughs> Great. He's a, He's a gem. I love EJ. Like... Like, what a wild ride. Like, him being like, yeah, we finally, like, I can't remember his exact quotes, but multiple times he's been quoted saying, like, essentially, like, when they ask about, like, the Matt Duchesne trade, he's like, yeah, it's been really nice having a locker room full of people who actually want to be here. Like, more than once he said something to that effect. And also, like, 
well, how will you keep from getting injured? I guess I just got to drink a lot of milk. But then also, like, other times he just gives the standard. Yeah, 110% got to play full. Lauren asked, you know, so what What happened in the locker room to get you guys to turn it around after that first period? And he's just like, you know, that first period we came out, you know, we, we didn't do a great job, but I feel like we came out with a little more energy in the second, and really, you know... We just have to work to make sure our passes are connecting. It's classic. not the question. Classic second period like, interview. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was watching the Pens game yesterday with my friend, and every time they would bring out a player to interview, we would, like, laugh because the answers were so stereotypical. Like, every time we were like, oh, here comes the classic first period interview. Just gotta get more pucks on the net and make sure that we were like, oh, my God. Keep up the intensity. Play a full Thank you so much, Gensel, for that great piece of information. God. Like, no wonder everyone thinks hockey players are dumb. Like, even the smart ones sound dumb when they say shit like that. They're legally not allowed to give real answers to anything. Like, we know that Sidney Crosby is an intelligent person, at least when it comes to hockey, and his interviews are so fucking boring. (laughs) They're the worst. (sighs) The Jets game? That you can't blame on the officials. Like... We didn't. It wasn't terrible. We just could not. We didn't take any shots. We had like four shots the entire first period. And we yeah. couldn't get a pass to connect. Yeah. I don't think I saw a single tape to tape pass. No. We were just giving shit away in front of our net. We were just passing to the Jets. Repeatedly. Nathan McKinnon passed to the Jets at one point. Like, it's not like this was just, like, our, like, lower line members of the team. Like, everyone sucked. Like, no no one was good. No one could connect a fucking pass. Um, yeah, I mean, the first period we played, like, absolute garbage. Like, one of the worst periods I've ever watched the Avalanche play, like, in recent history. Um painfully bad and the jets were just like constantly like taking shots and they played they played really well the jets played a 60 minute game we had one power play and it was down in our zone for like a minute and a half of the two minutes that was definitely the power play where we didn't take a single shot on goal we didn't because it was all that i thought they were going to get a shorthanded goal twice it was so bad. It was bad to I mean, the second and third period, I thought we actually, like, showed up to play. We were still outplayed by the Jets, and we did not play well. But, like, we were not there the first period. Like, the first period yeah, was, first like... the period was embarrassing. Bad. Yeah, it was. Like, I was like, wow. Anyone... That's the only time we play in Winnipeg. Like, everyone in Winnipeg is gonna be like, wow, the Avs, like, aren't a good team. Like, I don't know why people have been saying they were so good. Yeah. Because, like, if and that was the only game I saw them play... Yeah. Apparently, the Winnipeg Arena is really hard to win it. Like, apparently, yeah. the Jets just always win at home. But still. The Jets were also coming off of, like, they traveled back to Winnipeg from Finland and, like, hadn't played in five days. 
So yeah, like how you both hadn't played in six days, like if ever there was a chance to win at home against Winnipeg, like in Winnipeg against the Jets, that was it, and we fucked up. Yeah. Most of the shots we took were by defensemen. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real stat, but I feel like it was. It definitely felt that way. I think Z had a good look. EJ got a goal. I don't know. It was not a good game. No. I did not enjoy it. Coming up, we play the Oilers tonight. Fuck you, Connor McDavid. Yeah, get McFucked. Um, <laughs> Connor McDavid and the Oilers. And Actually, I don't hate the Oilers because the Oilers aren't a team. It's just Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, McDavid, and I guess I know Drysaddle and... Do they still have Ryan Nugent Hopkins or did he get traded? I honestly don't know. So, like, I can name three Oilers, maybe. Yeah. I know there's other members of the team. But, like... The fact that whenever anyone talks about the Oilers, it's just Connor McDavid that they talk about. They can't even, like, bring up anyone else. Tells you all you need to know about how good that team is. Yeah. Admittedly, Connor McDavid is a good player. He's a really good hockey player. Like, I'm not saying he's bad. Frankly, if everyone would stop being like, yes, he's better than McKinnon, I just, like, wouldn't care. I just, like, I would probably be a McDavid fan... If he wasn't pitted against McKinnon. If he wasn't the absolute most boring piece of wet cardboard in the entire world, I'd probably not hate him. He is also a slice of white bread. Or if he, like, played on a team I liked. Or if he, like, didn't take up so much cap space that he couldn't have any other players on his team. Yeah. That were worth a shit. Maybe I wouldn't hate him so much. So Edmonton tonight, please win. If Nate doesn't at least get a point tonight, I'm gonna die. I would really like for Nathan McKinnon to just, like... Get a hat trick. <laughs> get a hat trick, Nate, challenge. I want him to get a hat trick at least once this season. Preferably against McDavid's team, though. That would be ideal. That or at one of the games that I'm at. Like, I would also appreciate That's that. That's also acceptable, yes. We've got Edmonton. Wednesday, we've got Boston at home. Should be interesting. Which, this one's just being... This one's being hyped because basically the discussion on best top line in the NHL is right now down to our top line and the Bergie Marshy pasta line. Statistically, so like, if we play well, that's going to be a really good game. Statistically speaking, we're still the best line in the NHL. Like we have, but like our top line hasn't had points in. <laughs> yeah, just a the lot top line is statistically still the best. Um, I do think the Bruins have more, I mean, the Bruins have more points right now. Like, the Bruins are statistically a better team. Um, well, that'll be interesting. If, if we play well, that's gonna be a good game. Yeah, if we show up, like, hard and, like, not to sound like a typical hockey player interview, but if we give 110% and play a full 60 minutes of hockey, that is gonna be a good game. And then we have the reigning Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals at home on Friday. First of all, I hope they lose because I hate them. Second of all, 
I, hope I they hate win them because I want to win a goddamn hockey game. Also that, but I really hate the Capitals, and we did beat them last time we played them at home. Do you think I was we're going to play Group against the Capitals? That's hardcore. What I'm thinking. So Group was in net the last time we played the Capitals at home. And it was one of his worst goal-handing performances, like, of his NHL career with the Capitals. So, I don't know. I would be curious to see yeah, I, what I don't know if to it's do there. better for us. I don't know if, you know, he knows the cap style of play, so is he going to be better at defending against them? Or will or the like, Caps know will his, style, know of his style of play? So, like, are they going to be better at scoring against him? And it might also, I think, I don't, I'm sure it's been decided at this point, but I don't know. They didn't have planned who was going to be in gold tonight as of Friday. So I don't know if it's going to depend on who plays tonight or who plays Wednesday. I don't know if they've made any of those calls yet. I will say, Barley made some insane saves on Friday night. Like, the... The fact that that game was only 5-2 instead of, like, 12-2 is largely because Varley stopped a lot of shots in the first period. Actually, I don't know how many shots it was, but, like, he made some incredible saves. There were a lot of breakaways that it was just Varley against, like, the entire Jets roster. And, like, I'm always so torn when Varley plays that well. So I'm, like, really glad that my team has a good goalie, but then it's Varley. Yeah, I hate him. But anyway, stay tuned for a week of probably more depressing hockey. Also, we'll probably be delayed on next week because I'm going to the Ducks game. That's very exciting, though. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. A week from today, I will be at a hockey game watching my boys play and hopefully win because the ducks are literally terrible and if we don't win i'm gonna lose my fucking mind i will die i will literally lose my mind i might fight one of our own players if we lose to the ducks (laughs) (laughs) me hops on ice tries to start a fight with like i don't know who do i think it could take sam gerard probably probably i I could take sam gerard Um, He's I am. I haven't bought tickets yet, but I'm going to go to the New Year's Eve game <gasps> because I'm going to be home for that. I might be going to that game, too. That would be so exciting. I don't know. I'm going to be home, so we'll see if anyone I know has tickets for it. Because I know I'm going to a few games when I'm home for Christmas and stuff. And I'm going to cry yeah. the whole time because I'm going to be like, I miss it here. Yeah. For real. At long last. I am home. Yeah. But we've got a pretty brutal week ahead of us. But at least it's softened because the week coming up after that is Ducks, Kings, and Coyotes. So we should be taking home some wins that week. Please let that be three wins. If we don't win... At least two of those games, I'm probably gonna go like full crazy Britney Spears and like shave my head. That's incredibly real, yeah. But we shall see. Yeah. Are we playing the Coyotes at 
No, we're playing the Coyotes in Arizona. Friendly reminder, boys, don't say anything incriminating in an Uber. Friendly reminder, boys, the ice there is really shitty. <laughs> According to every visiting team that goes to fucking Arizona. Probably because it's too goddamn hot. Absolutely! I feel bad for Arizona. The only player I can name that's like ever played for the Coyotes that's vaguely famous is Paul Bisnet. Dylan Strome. I don't know how oh. many like actual NHL games he's played, but I know Strome is with them. I forgot about him being with that team. Alright, well that's... tune in whenever we get our shit together next week for more hot takes.